From the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Senesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. And hello and welcome to Senior Salute Radio presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. I'm not Victoria Collier. She's actually sitting across the table from me. I'm Mike Salmon alongside Victoria Collier. And Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading age boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. And today, Victoria, I understand we're going to be discussing four different types of estate planning. Yes, Mike, we are, because when people do estate planning, it actually does maintain or enhance their quality of life. And um, there are lots of different kinds of estate planning, but the four main types I want to talk about today are the most common and the most beneficial as people um, age and perhaps need long-term care disability. All right. For those that are have maybe never tuned into Senior Salute before, first of all, shame on you. But secondly, let's go ahead and uh, just revisit estate planning in general and what that term means. So estate planning in general is when I, for example, give conferences and I'm talking to the community, I always ask, you know, what does estate planning mean to you when you hear the term? And the most common response I get is, planning for death, planning to, you know, distribute my stuff when I die to the people I wanted to go to. And estate planning definitely does that. Uh, But there's different ways to achieve that goal as well as the many other goals people have that they don't understand is in fact estate planning. So estate planning in its core is protecting what you have. And when we think about protecting what we have, it's not always money. It's also protecting our children, protecting those that we love, protecting organizations that we care about, uh, oftentimes through our money and the proper stewardship of that. The title of the show today, Victoria, is the four different types of estate planning. So the four different types, is that based on people's age or or where they are in life? It can be based on age. It can be based on their stage in life. But most importantly, it's based on their goals and also what assets they have and how they are currently titled and how they need to be titled to reach their ultimate goals. And goal is not the, death is not the goal, right? (laughs) It's protection if death happens. It's protection if disability happens. And the question is. Did you say if death happens? (laughs) Well, death does happen. When When death happens, right, right. Um, So, yeah, and so it's, it's really not about document preparation. It's about learning who the person is, what their values are, and what they want to do with their assets based on their values. So today discussing four types of estate planning, obviously then one size does not fit all. So let's talk about those four different types of estate planning. Sure. So, and again, for today, they're going to be broad categories. Uh, And then when people actually put any of those categories into practice, they're very customizable. Um, So when I talk about it today, knowing that we're talking in generalities here but the four different types of estate planning for starters is we have a will-based plan that's your most foundational plan that the majority of people who do planning uh, put in place 
and that would include a will and it should also include a financial power of attorney and a health care advance directive we call this plan in my office the i'm going to go through probate plan and we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later um, the second broad category is called the revocable living trust-based planning where people who want to avoid probate perhaps keep their personal information private and or have a smoother transition through disability they would in addition to having a will and a financial power attorney and a health care advance directive they would actually have what's called a revocable living trust or in the south they pronounce it revocable <laughs> living trust um, and their assets should be retitled into the name of that trust if in fact they want their goals of avoiding probate to be carried out the third overarching estate plan is actually called government benefits estate planning or asset protection for VA meaning veterans benefits for wartime veterans and or Medicaid for people who um, are either doing pre-planning for the event that they may go in a nursing home in the future or they're already there and they need crisis planning and so we do government benefits estate planning to qualify for certain types of benefits and then the last fourth category is called asset protection planning and that's where people want to protect what they have accumulated generally your business owners have an interest in protecting uh, their business since they put all their blood sweat and tears into it tax planning for people who have large estates or have not necessarily large estates but estates that have increased in value over time and then there's creditor protection uh, the protection from being sued um, as well so that's the fourth type so just in summary we've got our will-based plan we've got our revocable living trust avoid probate plan we've got our government assets benefits um, protection planning and just our regular assets protection planning you mentioned and when you set this up that these would be broad and general is there a case where you could be involved in more than one type of plan you could have a will based plan but also be doing asset protection planning where it might bleed over into a different category not in that way that you described it no okay <laughs> um, but but yes uh, let's say the most foundational planning would be you do a will with your powers of attorney but you want to protect your assets let's say you have a 16 year old child who just started driving and you have a house and you want to be able to protect your house from creditors that um, could sue you because your 16 year old goes out driving gets in a car accident and it's his fault um, a will plan and an asset protection plan could work but that asset protection part of it not through legal documentation because all you're doing is a will the asset protection piece there would be insurance it'd be buying umbrella insurance to cover yourself in case you ever get sued and so sometimes asset protection is through the use of trusts where you put your assets in the trust and then your creditors cannot get them if you have creditors in the future meaning if you are getting sued in the future um, they can't get it or you can buy insurance or there may be a combination um, but a will-based plan itself is not going to give you asset protection you would need something in addition that may be a trust or it may be insurance 
All right, let's remind everybody you're listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. And you are listening to Victoria Collier. And we're talking about the four types of estate planning. So now that we've talked about each of them generally, let's let's share the goal and the benefit of each one so a person can decide now which one is best for them. Right, okay. So each one does have its separate goals. And for example, in our office, when we are meeting with clients, in an initial meeting it is our goal to get to know who that person is we ask a lot about their families we ask about their finances income resources and again we ask about their values because their estate plan should be value driven and it shouldn't be my values that drives their estate plan it should be their own values so we personally in our office we ask them what we call our 14 point values assessment uh, questionnaire to get at what is most important to them now what's most important to them in the future um, and the why is that important to you as well Um, not from a judgment standpoint uh, but from a how can we create the best plan based on who you are and what your values are and so after we do that um, it directs what their goals are and so if someone says look I want to make sure that someone can talk to my doctors for me when I can't do it myself because maybe I'm in a coma um, or maybe I have dementia and I you know, can't remember or make sense of what the doctor's telling me. Um, maybe I want all of my assets when I die just to go to my only child that I have who is perfectly capable of managing resources. They have no credit or issues. They've been married to the same person for 40 years. There's no issue of divorce. There's no likelihood of divorce, things like that. You know, that can just go outright to that person. Maybe that person has um, done, gone through probate with their parent or their spouse, and it was not a big deal for them. And they're like, that was easy peasy, right? Um, so in that situation... A will-based plan may just be perfectly fine because they have no red flag issues that would create a situation where they have any major interest to avoid it, right? Probate in Georgia, for example, is not that expensive, um, and it doesn't take that long. It's not a monster. What makes probate a monster in any state, um, to include Georgia, are family members, how, you know, who your family is, and also um, how you hold your assets. So I'm going through a probate administration with a client right now. And this is the most common thing I hear at seminars. And I just heard it from my client uh, two days ago when I went to court with her to check on the status of the probate. And that is, if I have a will, I'm done. That takes care of everything. But if you have a will, you still have to go through probate in most cases. And when I was talking to her while we were going to court is he had 18, 18 people who had to sign off, the the deceased, uh, had 18 people who had to sign off on an acknowledgement saying that they got a copy of the petition and a copy of the will. Well, these people have no interest in signing off on it because most of them are not getting anything and so it delays the process Mm -hmm. right Um, but if a client when filling out their assessment with me as we're having a discussion doesn't have any of those issues 
then a wheelbase plan could be perfectly fine. They just want to make sure that their stuff is distributed to who they want it to go to um, upon their death. Simple as that. And that's why we t- call it the foundational stuff is at a minimum you should have that. Right. Um, so the state's not deciding for you who gets in, where it goes. Um, so the goal of a wheelbase plan is just get my stuff to the right people. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, the next level is the revocable living trust plan. Now, people have multiple goals for this. The primary one is that I hear, and these are the words from clients, is I want to make it as simple as possible for my loved ones so they don't have to go through anything, you know, any obstacles. And so to make it as simple as possible is you would avoid probate, okay? Because when you avoid probate, you don't have to go to court. You don't have to file anything with the papers. You don't have to get anybody's signatures on anything. And so you set it all up in advance of death, and that's through a trust uh, that's revocable, which gives you the flexibility to make any changes while you're alive. That's another goal of people is they want flexibility. They still want to be in charge, right? And this kind of plan, you are still in charge until you are not capable of being in charge. Um, But the driving force is they just want it to be easy for their loved ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they would rather pay a little more up front and take care of it themselves and know it's done versus paying less up front because a will-based plan is definitely going to be less expensive than a trust-based plan. So pay a little bit more up front versus paying less and then their estate paying for it and somebody else taking the roadmap and driving the car. It's like you've driven the car, and once you die, when you have a trust-based plan, you're just handing the keys over. You know, you don't have to go through court to make sure that the car passes all inspections. Does it's, that make it's sense? A, absolutely, and it sounds like it's it's the way to go if you can make it work that way. So let me just ask a question as a consumer. Mm-hmm. You said it's a little bit more expensive. Are we talking thousands of dollars? I mean, what's the difference between that and maybe just a will-based plan? So every law firm is going to be different. Because it seems like that would be the way to go. Right. Every law firm is going to be different on what they charge for plans. And many of the differences, for example, we are higher priced than most firms in our area. And it's because we bring the value, not just the document, to the table, right? And we actually have those conversations to find out what's most important to you instead of just being a document processing center. Um, But in our office, as an example, um, a will-based plan for a single person is in the $3,000 range. And it's not just will, but it's those other documents too. A trust-based plan for a single person would be in the $6,000 range. Okay, a little bit more for married couples. Um, but you get that peace of mind right. for a few thousand dollars more. Right, and if you don't go through probate, then you save the probate fees. And so, from a court fee perspective, it's about let's just say five hundred dollars open and shut. But if you hire a lawyer to assist you, then you're talking about anywhere from fifteen hundred to five thousand dollars. Oh, at least yes. Right, <laughs> and so. In our office, at least, it's about $4,500 plus the court fees. So when you go to the revocable living trust plan, you're actually spending less initially, even though it seems like more, than you would a will-based plan plus probate in our office. Right. Okay. Um, So then you've got the government's benefits, asset protection, estate planning, and that is exactly what it says is people call our office and say, 
I've just been diagnosed with Parkinson's or dementia or my loved one has my spouse, my mom, my dad, and we want to keep them at home as long as possible. But uh, we want to protect their assets in case they need to go to a nursing home or assisted living. So one of the first questions we try to find out is, are they a veteran who served during a wartime period? Uh, because if so, there's additional income to help pay for home health care, since they've already said they want to stay at home as long as possible. It also helps to pay for assisted living and nursing home care. Um, and the other is, um, are they the widow of a veteran who served in a wartime period? And so uh, that's number one. Number two is, if the answers to those are no, then we know that we're just thinking nursing home potential in the future and Medicaid for that. Nonetheless, the planning concept is the same. We transfer our assets to um, a different type of trust um, that then would protect them in a period of time after having transferred them there. So let's use Medicaid for an example. Medicaid, when somebody applies for Medicaid, the state is going to ask, have you given anything away in the last five years? And when you retitle your assets into a trust, the right kind of trust, then and it's been beyond five years ago, five years and a day, you can say, no, I haven't, okay? Because Medicaid does treat transfers to a trust like a gift, just like they give it to their kids or anyone else, okay? But if it's within that five years, then you have to be honest and say, yes, I did. And But the goal is for people who are doing the pre-planning is that we can get beyond that five-year period. And then after that, we have flexibility to stay at home. We have flexibility to go to assisted living. We have flexibility to go into a nursing home. And if we do go to a nursing home, then everything's been protected and we can qualify for Medicaid at that time to help us pay for the cost of our, our care without spending down all of that other stuff. Veterans benefits is similar, except that it has a three-year look back. Um, and you might say, you know, to me, well, why don't you just give it to the kids instead of putting it into the trust, okay? Because that's what people say. And, um, <laughs> and That's what I was thinking. That's right. Um, and the answer is, generally speaking, because when you give it to the kids, Number one, you've got all kinds of risk factors, such as if the kids get divorced, that's subject to their divorce division and split. If the kids have creditor issues or lose their job, those are their assets now. Um, if your kid dies before you, which no one wants to believe that that could happen, because that's not the order of things that are supposed to happen, but it does. It happens a lot. Right. But if they die before you, that's part of what goes according to their estate, not your estate. And if there's more than one kid, who, which kid gets it? And then that creates all kinds of distrust through the family. And if you disperse it among all the kids, the whole goal is that that money's still there for you in case you need it. It's just not in your name. And so when you need it, which kid are you going to go tap on the shoulder and say, okay, it's your turn? I can guarantee you it will uh, lawyers can't guarantee anything but i can almost guarantee you this it won't be there anymore yeah. <laughs> you know um and then you've got one child who has, has actually kept it and they're the ones who gives it back and then you know what when you die they don't get their inheritance but everybody else did because they spent it while you're alive so that's why we use trust is because it keeps everybody on the up and up and your initial goals as well as your uh, future goals are carried through the way they should be. I will say that this kind of asset protection trust is more expensive than the other trust we just talked about as far as avoiding probate. Um, and 
The reason why it's more expensive is that avoiding probate is one law we have to deal with, right? Um, and it's simple, and it is um, a great measure to avoid probate, but that's all it does. Asset protection, when we're creating this trust, we are looking at tax laws. We are looking at VA laws, if it's a veteran. We're looking at Medicaid laws. We're looking at real estate laws, and we're looking at contract laws. And so there's a lot more that goes into creating it. Um, and the reason I bring this part up is I was giving a seminar not long ago, and on the board at the end of the seminar, which was about an hour and a half, I summarized on the, on the whiteboard the four different types of planning. And I drew columns right next to each other, and I started with the will-based planning. You're going through probate. You know, just bottom line, this is the summary. The second one, revocable living trust, uh, you're going to avoid probate, but there's no asset protection. The third column was there's asset protection, and you need this kind of trust. I even draw pictures as the trusts actually look different in picture format as well. Hmm. And um, so after the seminar, um, someone scheduled an appointment with us to see uh, what they could do for their family, and they're a veteran, so they want to make sure that they can get that VA benefits in three years, and they might also need Medicaid in the future, you know, nursing home level of care. We've got a married couple. The husband has physical limitations. The wife has uh, cognitive limitations, which is very common um, to have one of each that are propping each other up. And he's a bit older than she is, so he's very concerned that, you know, he's going to die first and his wife's going to need care. And so I recommended the asset protection government benefits estate planning. And um, they did not hire me in the initial consultation, which sometimes happens. Most people do, but they did not, and that's okay. And um, so we called a couple days later to follow up, see if they had any additional questions. And one of the first primary questions that they had was, why is this trust more expensive than the other trust that you talked about in the seminar? You know, um, and it's because it has a different goal. It has a different value. It does a lot more protection than the other one because the other one doesn't provide protection at all. Um, and she had apparently missed that um, that connection mm -hmm. either in the seminar or in the consultation, but she's certainly got it on the phone. Um, but that's why, Mike, I, you know, it's so important to talk about that estate planning and the different types are really goal-oriented. What is the goal? And depending on your goal depends on what you need, and depending on that depends on the price. Right. And as I go up through these four different types, they become much more complicated, and therefore the value uh, to the client is greater and also more expensive. Uh, so... The goal of the last type um, ultimately is just what we talked about before. This is true asset protection. If you've got a business, for example, and you get sued and it takes away your business, what do you have? That was paying for your entire family to live, right? Or if you own a business and you become disabled and you don't have disability insurance, for example, how are you going to put food on the table? Um, is your business going to be able to operate without you? Most small businesses wouldn't be able to operate without the owner. Um, so we look at ways to provide that protection. 
Um, if people own multiple rental properties, whether it's in a business or in their individual names, there's liability all over the place there. There's better ways to be able to protect you and those properties through that higher level planning. Um, and again, real estate laws, tax laws, creditor mm-hmm. laws. Um, and so that type of planning takes longer, much more involved, much more thorough, and it's not just transactional pushing paper across the table. And that's, and that's an asset protection plan that maybe your business itself could pay for. Exactly. Absolutely. Which is a tax write-off. It's just another, it's another <laughs> expense in the business. But Absolutely. I got you. Absolutely. So, so there, there's the four major plans that, you know, that you've we obviously generalized and broadened a little bit, but it, you know, there are some complexities there. And there may be people that hear everything you've been talking about for the past several minutes going, oh, my God, my head is spinning right now. All the more reason. They don't have to figure it out themselves. That's why they bring in a person like yourself to have that consultation with. That's right. Um, They definitely would want to talk to somebody who has a lot of experience. And I would highly recommend that they talk to someone who spends the time to get to know them. Um, All too often, people hire lawyers based on price. And sometimes you do get what you pay for. And the unfortunate thing is you don't know it until there's a problem. And either that problem is going to come up when you are disabled and now you thought everything was protected and it's not. Uh, Or you die and your family members are like, I thought this was all taken care of. And it wasn't. Not in the right way anyway. So, you know, your advisor is just that. It's not just a lawyer who has a standard form and, you know, pushes it out. It's someone who we are what's called counselors at law. We should be counseling. We should be getting to know you. It's a relationship. Um, and, you know, and you get, you know, what you pay for. Um, well, you, you don't, there's, there's things in life you don't want to be cheap on. Mm-hmm. If that may, or, or frugal might be a better word. I mean, right. and something. This is one area where you just don't want to skimp on. Well, not if your family means anything to you, right. or the things that you value mean anything to you. And that's what it really is. It's it's value based planning, not cost based planning. Um, if you are looking for, for example, the least expensive, um, there's people out there for sure, right? You might be, and able you could even get it on the internet. I was just saying, you might be able to <laughs> do it online. You might as well. You right. might as well, right? Um, but if you want to make sure that you've got the best plan to carry out your values and goals and take care of you as well as those that you love, then it's worth sitting down with somebody who's going to spend time with you. This might be a point where I would say, Victoria, you're a business owner. You've been in the business, uh, in, in, uh, an, an attorney for a very long time, and you're a veteran. So you talked about all the, the, the experience and everything. You, you kind of have it all. So. She's not telling me to say this right now, but you may want to check out the uh, estate and asset protection law firm of Victoria Collier. Well, and Mike, I also have children, and I also have um, parents. One has already passed away. The other one is aging. I worked in a nursing home, so I have not only held the hands of many thousands of clients through these processes, but personally... I understand the need, um, and yes, so thank you for that. And we've talked about this being more of a calling. You, you, you do not become an attorney because of the, oh, I can make a lot of money. That wasn't the case. Not for me. Right. So <laughs> I know for some it may be, but for you, I know it's so, been a, a little bit of a calling for you. It's a passion, absolutely. Yes. So. All right, well, for those that would like to reach out and maybe have a discussion with you or find out more, what's the best way to reach out? Well, our phone number is 470 235 
470-235-7848. That's 470-235-7848. And they can also check us out on the website before calling, um, which is elderlawgeorgia.com. That's www.elderlawgeorgia.com. And Georgia is all spelt out, by the way. It is. All right. Well, thank you, Victoria. This has been the four different types of estate planning here on Senior Salute Radio. And this is a bi-monthly show bringing timely information for leading age boomers. And it's available 24-7 anytime online by going to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Senior Salute. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you, Mike. I also want to thank our listeners. We salute you. 